Well, it is an honor once again to be able to preach God's Word, and I appreciate the opportunity, and I do uh, hope and pray that the pastor gets better very soon, and I encourage you to be praying for him, and that uh, he, the Lord raises him up very, very soon. Well, I'd invite you to take your Bible and turn to the book of 2 Kings, if you would please, 2 Kings in chapter 14. I want to wish all the dads a very happy Father's Day, and we are going to be talking about fathers today and uh, challenging dads. I want it to be an encouraging time as well. Um, I know sometimes we fathers get kind of, you know, mothers get all encouraged and, uh, you know, you're so wonderful, and then on Father's Day we get beat up, we come out with a couple black eyes and, you know, tail between our legs a little bit. I hope that today will be an encouragement and a blessing and a challenge to us men uh, to be godly fathers uh, for our children. And uh, if you're not a father today, I, there's something I'm sure that will hopefully help you and be a blessing to you, so I encourage you to listen as well. Um, if your Bibles are open to 2 Kings 14, I invite you to stand with me as we read God's Word together. We're going to read this, the first three verses of this uh, chapter. 2 Kings 14, uh, verses 1 through 3. The Bible says in verse number 1, In the second year of Joash, son of Jehoahaz, king of Israel, reigned Amaziah, the son of Joash, king of Judah. And he was twenty and five years old when he began to reign, and reigned twenty and nine years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Jehodadan of Jerusalem. Verse 3 says, And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, yet not like David his father. And then notice this last little part here of the verse where he says, He did according to all things as Joash his father did. He did according to all things as Joash his father did. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to meet together in this free country, uh, to be able to uh, hear the Word of God preached, and Lord, I pray that uh, you would speak to our hearts in a, in a great way today. Uh, Lord, our, our hearts and, and prayers are with our pastor today. We thank you for him, and we pray, Lord, that you would raise him up very soon and that you would give him health, and uh, Lord, I pray that you give him ability to, to serve you effectively once again, uh, physically, and Lord, I ask that you would just uh, help him to feel better very soon. Lord, today in this place, we pray, Lord, that you would work mightily among us and in our hearts. Lord, help us to be good hearers of your word today and then good doers. Help us, Lord, to really take what we hear and apply it to our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Well, I'll never forget as long as I live the moment I found out I was going to be a father. And you dads probably remember that day as well, and we'll never forget it either. Well, we were on vacation, um, and we were actually on a cruise, and Julie gave me a card to announce that I was going to be a, a dad. And she gave me a little card, it was a square little card, and it just simply said, Dad on the front, and then on the back she wrote a note saying, Eric, Daddy you're going to make a great dad. Congratulations, Julie, parentheses mom. 
Well, I remember being overwhelmed with several different emotions at that moment. I was filled with excitement and joy, but I also felt fear and immediate weight of responsibility to be an example to this new life that God had entrusted to my care. Well, that was almost 15 years ago um, when we found out that we were going to have a child. And I'd like to uh, uh, mention my children. Um, I'm thankful that God gave us a Seth, a Luke, a Faith, and a Mark. And these four children mean that I'm a father, and it is a real blessing. Fatherhood has brought me a lot of things. Uh, it has brought me laughter. And uh, my wife brought out this book this morning, and at breakfast we were sharing some stories of things that they said when they were younger, and I'd like to share a couple of them with you. hope it won't embarrass them too much. But... Uh, one of them was uh, when Luke, when he was uh, almost three years old, he was looking around uh, the house for Faith. Uh, Faith at that time was not even one. She was just a few months old, and he was looking for Faith, and she was taking a nap in the crib, but after not finding her, he came to Julie and asked, Mommy, I can't find Faith. Did you put her back in your tummy? Seth, when he was four years old, was talking with Faith, who was only two months old. And uh, Seth said to Faith, Wow, you're getting to be such a big girl. Pretty soon you're going to be a big old mama, and then you're going to die. <laughs> then he proceeded to start to witness to her. <laughs> so I appreciate his heart for souls on that one. Um, Seth, when he was six years old, and Faith, when she was 19 months old, um, Seth was asking me, he said, Dad, if you're the head of the home, does that make Faith the feet of the home? Um, very possibly so. And uh, Faith was memorizing a verse, this was, oh, about six years ago. Uh, the verse that says, do all things without murmuring. Um, so she memorized it, do all things without mumbling. And that's a good, that's a good application as well. We, we should probably do things without mumbling. So uh, we had some good laughter this morning. And fatherhood has brought me a lot of laughter. And I'm sure you dads can relate to some of the stories uh, from your children in their past. Uh, fatherhood has also taught me great patience. Um, I'll never forget, uh, this is back in California, when uh, we had some type of toy that had that styrofoam packaging. And Seth was left to himself in the garage with this styrofoam packaging. And he thought it was really neat to kind of take these styrofoam, those little tiny balls, and kind of separate them and, and break them apart. Well, pretty soon they were all over the garage. And I went, oh, this is wonderful. And I went to go sweep up those styrofoam balls. And you know how styrofoam balls aren't exactly sweep-friendly. Sweep um, they kind of escape from the broom every time it comes near them, and any little swoop of air, they just kind of fly away. I think that there are probably still hundreds of little styrofoam balls in that garage to this day. Um, thank you very much, Seth. So, um, Father has taught me patience, but um, fatherhood has also brought me tremendous joy. Um, even since being here in Montana, getting to see uh, Luke get baptized, and then uh, recently, Faith and Seth getting baptized and, and declaring publicly their identification with Christ 
and salvation. And just so thankful for um, how God's worked in their life and, and joy that is hard to really describe. Fatherhood has also taught me the influence of a father is undeniably critical in a child's life. Uh, George Herbert correctly said this, One father is more than a hundred schoolmasters. Listen to some of these statistics about the fatherless. The fatherless. Those who do not have fathers. 63% of youth suicides are from fatherless homes. 63%. of all homeless and runaway children are from fatherless homes. 85% of all children who show behavior disorders come from fatherless homes. 80% of rapists with anger problems come from fatherless homes. 80%. 71% of all high school dropouts come from fatherless homes. 75% of all adolescent patients in chemical abuse centers come from fatherless homes. 70% of youths in state-operated institutions come from fatherless homes. And 85% of all youths in prison come from fatherless homes. Our role as fathers is a lot more important than sometimes we think it is. Dads, your kids need you. One of the reasons our role is so important is because oftentimes the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. In other words, our kids are likely going to follow our example, good or bad. Well, this morning in our text, we see this truth illustrated so well. We see a son who followed the footsteps of his father. In verse number 3, it says about Amaziah, Um, It says here, he did according to all things as Joash his father did. It's amazing as you study the lives of both Joash and Amaziah that they both started out as good kings, but later in life began to go the wrong direction. You see, like father, like son. Chip off the old block. I even find myself doing and saying some of the things that I remember my dad saying and doing when I was growing up. And I thought, oh no, I'm turning into my dad. This is not good. (laughs) It actually is good. I love my dad and I respect him greatly. He's a good man, a godly man. And a lot of times, though, your children will follow the footsteps that you are taking. Solomon said in Proverbs 22 and verse number 6, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. And can I just say this? We are all training our children, whether we realize it or not. We train with our words, and we train with our walk, and we need to remember that what we do often speaks so loud that our children can't hear what we're saying. The old adage of do as I say, not as I do, doesn't really work. Oh, the old dad who has a cigarette in his fingers up to his mouth saying, son, don't ever start smoking. Doesn't really work very well. So the sobering reality is our children are watching our lives and are most likely going to follow in our footsteps. 
They will emulate what they see. Sir, what should our response be to all of this? Well, my recommendation is that we who are dads do the same thing our children are doing. You see, let's look to our Heavenly Father and try to follow in His footsteps and be like Him so that we are a good example for our children. So this morning, I'd like to, to focus on six characteristics of our Heavenly Father and then to do our best to implement these qualities into our lives as dads. Now, there are many here today who are not dads, who are not fathers. Well, I want these truths about our Heavenly Father to cause you to rejoice in the Heavenly Father that you have in God if you believed in Christ. And so today we're going to spell the word Father. And we're going to look at six characteristics of our Heavenly Father that as dads we need to implement into our lives and into our homes so that our children have a good example to follow. So that if our children do all according to their father, that it's going to be a good thing. So first of all, the first letter is the word, or the letter F. And that stands for faithful. Faithful. When it comes to our Heavenly Father, one of the first qualities that I think about is that He is faithful. Well, the Bible is full of references that prove that God truly is faithful and worthy of our trust. Deuteronomy chapter 7 and verse number 9. Know ye therefore that the Lord thy God, He is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love Him and keep His commandments to a thousand generations. Revelation 19 and verse number 11. And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called faithful and true, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. And who can forget Isaiah chapter 9 and verse number 6? I realize it's not Christmas time, but for unto us a child is given. I'm sorry, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful. Counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. He's the everlasting Father. Hey, look, if you're one of His children, He will always be your Father. There's nothing you can do to remove yourself from His family. He'll never turn His back on you. He promises to never leave us, nor forsake us. No matter what I do, no matter who I become, God will always be there. He will never bail on me. He will be faithful. He, Since my heavenly Father is so faithful, He is worthy of my dependence. And it reminds me of a story that I recently read about. Here's a dad who said, One day while my son Zach and I were out in the country climbing around in some cliffs, I, I heard a voice uh, from above me yell, Hey dad, catch me! I turned around to see Jack, Zach joyfully jumping off a rock straight at me. Well, I became an instant circus act catching him. We both fell to the ground. And for a moment after I caught him, I could hardly talk. When I found my voice again, I gasped in exasperation. Zach, can you give me one good reason why you did that? He responded with remarkable calmness. Sure, because you're my dad. You see, his whole assurance was based on the fact that his father was there and that he was faithful. Okay, so God, our Heavenly Father, is faithful. What about you, Dad? 
What about me? Are we faithful? Well, faithful to what? Faithful, first of all, to the Lord. If you're faithful to the Lord, that's going to send a tremendous message to your children. If they know that you are faithful to God, it's going to communicate a lot. Are you faithful to spend time in God's Word? Or does that get neglected because life gets busy? Are you faithful to spend time in prayer? Are you faithful to the house of God, which is the pillar and ground of the truth? Or do those things become second priority if other things come in? Your faithfulness to God communicates a very loud message to your children. God's faithful. Am I faithful to God? What about faithfulness to your wife? We live in a culture where divorce is rampant. And we're, I was going to say men, I wouldn't necessarily call them men. Boys think that they can find something better on the other side of the fence. The grass is greener on the other side and they pick someone else after they've made children. The children are ones to suffer for the rest of their lives because of it. Dads, we need to recommit our faithfulness to our wives because once again, that communicates a tremendous message to our children as well. And then faithfulness to our kids that you're going to be there. Now obviously no one in this room is perfect in this area of faithfulness. We're all going to fail from time to time. But let's decide to implement a, a faithful, dependable quality about us that will foster security among our children. They're not going to wonder, oh, is dad going to be around tomorrow? Is he going to, or is he moving away? We live in a day where many kids are growing up without a dad for one reason or another. I'll just say that that is a shame. And the reason why God desires to be a father to the fatherless. I'm thankful that he is that. Now, God is faithful. God is faithful to provide for His children, is He not? If you turn your Bible over to Matthew chapter 7 real quickly. He is faithful to provide. And as dads, we need to be faithful to provide as well. Matthew 7 and verse 7. Very familiar. Ask and it shall be given unto you. Seek and ye shall find, knock and it shall be opened unto you. For every one that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Or what man is there of you whom, if his son ask bread, will he give him a rock, or give him a stone? If Mark comes and says, Dad, can I have a piece of bread? Can I have, can I have a roll? Nah, here's a big rock. I, I'm not going to do that. Or if he, he says, Dad, can I have some fish in verse number 10? Can I have some rainbow trout that we caught over at Canyon Ferry Lake? I'm going to say, here's a rattlesnake, enjoy. It's preposterous. It's not going to happen. And then he says in verse number 11, If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father which is in heaven give good things to them that ask Him? 
You see, God is faithful to provide for us, and, and we as dads need to be faithful to provide for our family. Yes, provide the physical uh, needs that are, that are necessary for life, but faithful to provide a godly atmosphere for the home as well. God is also faithful to protect His children. Isaiah chapter 43 and verse number 2, When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, oh, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. Because He's with us. He's going to protect us. God is faithful to protect His children. I like what Paul said to the church of Thessalonica in chapter 3 and verse 3, But the Lord is faithful who shall establish you and keep you from evil. So He's there to protect us. We need to protect our family as well. We need to protect our family physically. I'll never forget the story. I've shared it, I think, in Sunday school. Some may not have heard it. This was back when we were in California. We were living on the upstairs, and our children were in the room next to us. And we were sleeping, middle of the night. I was dead asleep. And my wife wakes up, and she thinks she hears something. So she wakes me up. Eric, wake up. Eric, wake up. And I'm, I'm not a light sleeper. I'm a dad, so I sleep much deeper than a, than, a, than a mom. Mom has these hypersensitive ears, these bionic ears that can hear, you know, a pin drop, you know, across the world. And, and she thinks she hears someone trying to open our front door downstairs in the middle of the night. And so she wakes me up and, Eric, wake up, wake up. I think someone's trying to get in the house. And it takes me a while to come to and to be coherent. You know how that goes. You know, a couple minutes go by and I'm like, what? What's going on? Where am I? Who am I? It's dark. We should be sleeping. Let's go back to sleep. Why are we talking? We should be sleeping. She says, Eric, someone's trying to get in, in the door. And I went, are you sure? She said, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I, I think I know what that sound is, and I'm pretty sure someone's trying to get in the house. And then she said, what are you going to do about it? My first thought was, let's go back to sleep. That was my first thought. My second thought is, I don't know. And then she said, well, if you're not going to do something, maybe I should get up. And I went, okay, I'll get up, I'll get up. And so I get up, and we were living in California at the time, so... Don't make fun of me too much, but I grabbed a pocket knife. And I walked downstairs, and I opened the door. And she's going, why are you opening the door? Well, I want to see if anyone's trying to get in. I was tired, okay? If, I w if this happened in Montana, things would be a little differently. Uh, things would, I would probably grab something other than a pocket knife uh, now that we live here. But... Uh, I remember walking outside and noticing that one of the, the sensor lights had been tripped, so someone had been uh, walking through there, and she was probably correct. We walked back up, uh, upstairs, got back into bed. I fell asleep probably within about five minutes, and she stayed awake for three hours because uh, of her heart was racing. Uh, we need to protect our family physically. 
And, and many of us are good at that. Many of us are prepared to do that. But we also need to protect our family spiritually. And God's called us to, as, as the husbands, as the, uh, as the fathers, to be the watchmen. To be the ones who guard our homes and make sure that the influences that are coming into our homes are right influences. And if things are getting in the home that are wrong influences, dads, it's our fault. It's on us to make sure that we are protecting our homes from wrong influences coming in through TV, through the internet, through any type of friendships that our children may have that are not right. We need to make sure that we are protecting our families spiritually. God is faithful to protect His children. And as dads, we also need to be faithful to protect our children as well. God is also faithful to discipline His children, isn't He? Hebrews chapter 12 says, Ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom receiveth. If ye endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the Father chasteneth not? God is faithful to discipline His children when they start going astray, when they start rebelling, when they start getting into sin. God does so not to inflict pain, but to bring about restoration, to bring you back into a peaceful relationship with the Father. That's the purpose of discipline. Not so the Father can exercise His authority, so that the, rest, the relationship can be restored. As fathers, we need to make sure that we are delivering this as well. Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 24 frankly says this, He that spareth his rod hateth his son, but he that loveth him chasteneth him betimes. You know, a faithful father is going to discipline his children. An unfaithful father says, uses the excuse, I love my son too much to... to, to to, to discipline him. I just can't bring myself to do it. It hurts me too much. I love him too much. Actually, sir, according to the word of God, he that spareth his rod hateth his son. He doesn't love your son. You don't love your son if you don't discipline them. Dads, are you modeling the character of God for your children? Kids are going to want to be like dad, and so should we. So let's decide to be faithful. Let's decide to be faithful. So the letter F stands for faithful. The letter A stands for affectionate. Affectionate. Over and over again in the Word of God, we find our Heavenly Father expressing His love, His affection to us. A famous verse in all the Word of God, John 3 and verse 16, For God so loved the world. He expresses His affection, His love. Paul said in Ephesians chapter 2, But God, who is rich in mercy for His great love, wherewith He loved us, even when we were dead in sin, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace are you saved? John said, Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. So he's expressing his love, his affection toward us. 
And later, in, later in that same book, John says, Herein is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. But not only did God tell us that He loved us, He went the next step and proved it. You see, He proved it when He sent His only begotten Son to die an innocent death so that you and I, who were His enemies, could be part of His family and made His child. From enemy to son. It's amazing. Because God is affectionate. And He shows His affection to us. Dads, are you affectionate with your children? I know this isn't very manly to talk about necessarily. Or what may some what, what some may consider unmanly. But I'm telling you, this is a very manly feature. To show affection to your children. To show that you love them. To communicate that you care about them. We can be affectionate with our words. Dads, when was the last time that you told your children that you love them? Verbally. They need to be reminded of this constantly. They need to know that you love them and they need to hear it from your lips that you love them. The Lord says it to us, doesn't He? Jeremiah 31.3 records, The Lord hath appeared of old unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. We need to show affection with our words. We also need to show affection with our touch. Hugging your kids. Holding hands with your kids. I love holding Seth's hands as we walk. There does come a point in time where it becomes awkward to do that, doesn't it? But a kiss on the cheek, an arm around them. Seth's case, a slug in the shoulder. Appropriate touches to let them know that we love them. Take your Bible and turn to Luke chapter 15, if you would, please. Here we find the story of the prodigal son. And really, the whole story is illustrating the attitude of the older brother. That's the whole purpose of the story, but we can learn a lot of lessons in this story. Pick it up in verse number 11. Jesus said, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. He went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husks with the swine did eat. No man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will rise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. And 
Make me as one of thy hired servants. Notice here verse 20. And he arose, came to his father. When he was a great, when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him, had compassion, and ran. And notice this, and fell on his neck and kissed him. Here the father is showing affection for his children with touch. And I know that we got to be careful in this society and, and there is a level of appropriateness. I get that. But here the prodigal's, the prodigal's father gave his son who had ran away rebelliously and who has come back. He comes and falls on his neck and kisses him to communicate that I love you, son. No matter what you've done, it doesn't change the fact that I love you. No matter what you, where you've been, it doesn't matter. I love you. You're my son. And I want to communicate that I love you with some affection. So we can show affection with our words and with our touch. And most of all, with our time. See, kids spell the word love with the letters T-I-M-E. When you give your most precious commodity to them, that communicates that you truly are affectionate about them. When you take them fishing, when you spend time with them, when you take them out on a date, when you go do something special with them, that communicates that you love them. Our Heavenly Father is affectionate toward us. And as dads, we in turn need to be affectionate to our children as well. It's very manly to be affectionate. So, F stands for faithful. A stands for affectionate. T stands for trustworthy. Our God is trustworthy, is He not? David said this, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. The God of, uh, the God of my rock, in Him will I trust. Why? Because He's my shield and the horn of my salvation. He's my high tower and my refuge, my Savior. And He saves me from violence. Psalm 119 and verse 142, talking about the Word of God, says, Thy righteousness is an everlasting righteousness, and Thy law is the truth. Things that are true can be trusted. And God is true. It's one of His names we mentioned. His name is faithful and true. He can be trusted. Thou art near, O Lord, and all thy commandments are truth. Jesus said, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. John 14 and verse number 6. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He can be trusted. God, our Heavenly Father, is certainly worthy of our trust. But as dads, we need to work at being trustworthy as well. So I'd say this, keep your promises. Be a man of your word. James said, but above all things, my brethren, swear not, neither by heaven, neither by the earth, neither by any other oath, but let your yea be yea and your nay nay, lest you fall into condemnation. When you say you're going to be somewhere, be there. 
When you're going to say you're going to do something, you better do it. Keep your promises. Keep your promises with God. When you vowed to God to do something, keep your promises. God takes our vows very seriously. Keep your promises with your family members. Keep your promises in business. Keep your promises. Your children are noticing whether you keep your promises or not. And they know if you're a man of your word or not. 1 Peter 2.12 says, Having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they may speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. Look, your, your lifestyle ought to be honest. And they ought to say, there is something, that, that guy is honest about what he does and what he says. So shoot straight with your kids. Tell them the truth when they're young so you continue to build trust and they'll come to you when they're older. There's a lot of parents that when their kids ask questions when they're younger and they don't really want to answer the questions because they're a little uncomfortable, so they kind of give them some crazy answer that's not true. And when those kids begin to find out the truth, that begins to, the trust in their parents is diminished. Shoot straight with your kids. You may not be able to go into all the details of every answer. But don't lie to them. That's going to break the trust. And you're going to wonder when they're teenagers and they're really going through some difficult times and they're not coming to you and you're going to go, why not? Maybe it's because when they were younger, you gave them some baloney answers. And they don't want to come to you for baloney answers now. They need the truth. So give them truth when they're young. Kids, can I talk to you for just a second? I want to encourage you to trust your parents and their guidance. Look, I know, I know all the parents in this room this morning. And every single one of them wants what's best for you. They don't wake up, mom and dad before you get up and have breakfast together and they're sitting across the table with a cup of coffee and say, how can we lead our kids in the wrong direction? And let's work out of that. And let's make it sound like it's the right direction, but we know it's the wrong direction. (laughs) This will be fun. No parent in this room does that. Every parent that I know does quite the opposite. How can we lead our kids to follow God? How can we lead our kids to do right? Now, I'll just say this. Your parents aren't perfect. But trust them. Trust their guidance. Trust them. They want what's best for you. Oh, I'm so thankful that our Lord and our Heavenly Father is trustworthy. And can I encourage all of us this this morning? Trust Him. Trust Him with all your heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct thy paths. And Dads, we need to work at being trustworthy, and we can do so by being honest with our children and by keeping our promises. Be trustworthy. Letter H. Letter H stands for holy. The word holy means to be set apart. You know, if you were to 
asked the question, what is God's chief attribute? The answer would, would be His holiness. It is said twice in Scripture that He is holy, holy, holy. Once in Isaiah and once again in the book of Revelation. And I'd like to look at the story in Isaiah chapter number 6 real quickly. So if you turn over there briefly. Isaiah chapter number 6. And we find the first instance of the, uh, the angels saying, He is holy, holy, holy. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up. His train filled the temple. Well, above it stood the seraphims. Each one has six wings. With twain he covered his face. With twain he covered his feet. With twain he did fly. One cried unto another and said, And here it is, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of His glory. The post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried. The house was filled with smoke. Then said I, Cool, God's holy. Let's move on. Is that what Isaiah said? Absolutely not. He said, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from off the altar. He laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this hath touched thy lips, and thy iniquity is taken away, and thy sin purged. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I, send me. You know, we want our kids to go and serve the Lord, don't we? But it's not going to happen unless they see the Lord for who He is. And that in turn is going to help them see them for who they are. Once Isaiah got his eyes on the Lord and realized how holy he was, it made him realize how unholy he was. Holiness really is the chief attribute of our Heavenly Father. Peter said in 1 Peter chapter 1, Because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. Dads, your children and my children should see that we are endeavoring to be holy even as He is holy. We're not going to be perfect, but they should see us trying to separate from the world and separate unto Christ. They should see us cleave unto the Lord. They should see us uh, be less in the world and more in tune with the Lord. D.L. Moody said, a holy life will make the deepest impression. Lighthouses blow no horns, they just shine. I would encourage all of us dads to live holy lives, not bragging about it, not going around talking about all the rules we have and all of that, but just living holy lives. So letter H stands for holy. Letter E stands for engaged. Engaged. Our Heavenly Father is engaged in each of our lives. He knows what's going on. He cares what's going on. He's involved in what's going on. He's engaged. 
Now, we've already mentioned that the Lord is faithful and that He's there, but this, this attribute goes a little further and indicates that He's actively involved in your life and cares about every aspect, big or small. Matthew chapter 6, I invite you to turn over there. We're kind of going back and forth today, but I appreciate your keeping up with me. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. We'll read a few verses here. Therefore I say unto you, Take no thought for your life, which, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body, what you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Behold, the fowls of the air. For they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are you not much better than they? Well, which of you by taking thought can add one cubit unto his stature? And why, uh, why take ye thought for raiment? Well, consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. Yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast in the oven, shall not much, he, he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Take therefore, take, uh, therefore take no thought saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or wherewithal? Uh, shall we be closed? And here it is, verse 32, this is what I want you to see. For after all these things do the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. You see, the Lord is engaged in our lives to know that we need these things. He knows about our needs. He knows about our, the struggles we're going through. He knows about the victories that we've had. He knows and He's aware and He's involved. Peter said, casting all your care upon Him, for He careth for you. You see, He does care. He's engaged in our lives. I say, well, I get tired. I, I'm just too tired to deal with my kids' lives. I, I can't really do be there. and I, I get that. I'm thankful that the Lord is not that way. Isaiah 40 and verse number 28 says, Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, he fainteth not, neither is weary. There's no searching of his understanding. In other words, the Lord is always available and he's always engaged. Well, Dad, what about you? What about me? Are we engaged in the lives of our children? Are we too busy with our career? Are we too busy with our sports? Are we too busy with our hobbies? This is a sad story I'm about to read. A young man was to be sentenced to the penitentiary. Well, the judge had known him from childhood, for he was well acquainted with his father, who was a famous legal scholar and the author of an exhaustive study entitled The Law of Trusts. Well, do you remember your father? asked the judge. Well, <laughs> I remember him well, your honor, came the reply. Then trying to probe the offender's conscience, the judge said, well, as you're about to be sentenced and as you think of your wonderful dad, what do you remember most clearly about him? Well, there was a, there was a pause. Then the judge received an answer he had not expected. Well, your honor, I... I remember when I went to him for advice. And he looked at me from the book he was writing and said, Run along, boy. I'm busy. When I went to him for companionship, 
he turned to me saying, Run along, son. This book must be finished. Your Honor, you remember him as a great lawyer, but I remember him as a distant authority. The judge muttered to himself, Alas, he finished the book, but lost the boy. How sad. Charles Francis Adams was a 19th century political figure and a diplomat. And Mr. Charles, he, uh, he kept a diary. And one day he entered this into his diary. Went fishing with my son today. A day wasted. Well, his son, Brooke Adams, also kept a diary, which is still in existence to this day. And on that same day, Brooke Adams made this entry. Went fishing with my father, the most wonderful day of my life. You see, the father thought he was wasting his time while fishing with his son, but his son saw it as an investment of time. Fortunately, in our day and age, many people are more concerned with accomplishment than with relationships. Dad, are you engaged in the lives of your children? I want to challenge you to be available to listen, to play, to have a relationship with your children because rules without relationship breeds rebellion. I know we're good at having rules in our homes. We don't do this and we do this and, and this is why we do it. And We've got rules. But where's the relationship? Where's the, the affection, the, the time with them? I want to encourage all of us dads and this is an area I want to work on too, is to be engaged in their lives, to know what's going on, to know their spiritual temperature, to know where they're at spiritually, to know where they're at with their friends and school and sports and, and all the struggles that they're going through in their lives, to be there and to know what's going on, to be engaged. The Lord's engaged in our lives, and I'm thankful that He is. We dads need to be the same for our children as well. Letter R, last letter here, stands for righteous. Our God is righteous. Our God is righteous. I'm thankful for that. And as dads, we need to work at being righteous too. Now we need to first of all worry about, first of all, being positionally righteous. Making sure that we have a righteousness before God that's not our own. Romans 3 and verse 10 says, There is none righteous, no, not one. None of us can say, oh, I'm, I'm pretty righteous. That's, if you're saying that, you're lying. Because no one in this room, no one on this, on this planet is, is righteous. We need to receive a righteousness not our own. A righteousness that comes only from Christ, who is completely and totally and perfectly righteous. And when we believe on Him, His righteousness gets applied to our account. And when God looks at us, He sees Christ's righteousness instead of ours or lack thereof. And so if you're here and you're a dad and you've never believed on Christ, I would encourage you to do so. To be positionally righteous. But then practically righteous as well. To live a life pleasing to God. To live a life the, of doing right. Even when it's not easy. It's easy to do right when when that's the popular thing to do, when there's no repercussions. 
It's difficult to do right when there are some things that maybe you're not going to get money if, if you make this decision, but it's the right thing to do. The grace of God that appeared to all men is teaching us that we need to deny ungodliness and worldly lusts, but to live soberly and righteously and godly in this present world. I'm, I'm supposed to live righteously in, in 2018? In Helena, Montana? That's, that's not easy to do? No, it's not. But God wants us to do so, so that we can be a good example for our children. Because once again, like father, like son. And as you are trying to leave a godly legacy for your children, let them see a life of righteousness. This morning we've seen six wonderful characteristics about our Heavenly Father. He's faithful. He's affectionate. He's trustworthy. He's holy, engaged, and righteous. And as earthly fathers, let's, let's implement these same qualities into our lives into our homes, into our parenting. Why? Well, because a little fellow follows me. A careful man I ought to be. A little fellow follows me. I dare not go astray for fear he'll go the self-same way. I cannot once escape his eyes. Whatever he sees me do, he tries. Like me, he says, he's going to be the little chap who follows me. He thinks that I am good and fine, believes in every word of mine. Oh, the base in me, he must not see that little fellow who follows me. I must remember as I go, through summer sun and winter snow, I'm building for the years to be in the little chap who follows me. See, he wants to be just like me. And if I'm going to be an effective dad... I should desire to be just like him. Perhaps this morning, there are some here today who do not yet know the Heavenly Father. Who do not know for sure that you have a relationship with God. Oh, maybe you've heard about God. Maybe you even know a lot about Him. But my question to you today is this. Do you know Him? Is He your Heavenly Father and are you His child? The only way to a relationship with God is through believing on the Son. Jesus said, John 14, verse 6, I am the way, not a way, the only way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If you're going to go to the Father and have a relationship with Him, you've got to go through the Son. The Father loveth the Son, and hath given all things into his hand. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life. The wrath of God abideth on him. Could we pray together this morning? Lord, we thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for making a way for us to have a relationship with the Heavenly Father through Jesus Christ. Thank you for the righteousness that can be ours if we believe on Christ. Lord, thank you for the challenge this morning as dads to look at your characteristics, to look at how you 
are our Father and how you do that. Lord, help us as dads to follow your example so that our children would in turn follow ours. What a tremendous responsibility you've given us. Help us, Lord, to fulfill it well. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.